Well, we are starting a new book of the Bible uh, this morning. We are going to be looking at the Gospel of John. And uh, it's the fourth, uh, fourth Gospel of the, uh, the four Gospels in the New Testament. And uh, we're going to be looking um, towards the end of the message at John chapter 20, verses 24 through 31. But uh, in that text... Uh, John tells us the purpose why he wrote this book. And the reason why is that we might truly know who Jesus is and believe him. And so that's, uh, that's a good motivation for us who study this book. And uh, I'm not sure how long it's going to take. It's going to take a while. And there may be um, some episodes along the way that we'll pause and uh, look at something else. But uh, we're going to take our time going through this uh, very important book. Um, and uh, John wrote this book because he wanted believers to truly know who Jesus is, who Jesus was when he walked, uh, walked in a, and he did ministry for those three years in particular. Um, you know, the Bible says that uh, if we teach a false Christ or not the Christ of the Bible, that we are people to be cursed. As a church, uh, we need to get it right as to who Jesus is of the Bible. Uh, Galatians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. You can turn there. I'll give you a moment to look at... Uh, uh, Paul's words that we're going to read, Galatians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Paul says this, But even if we or an angel from heaven should, should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now we say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than the one, the what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. And this was a huge issue because there were a lot of uh, false teachers, antichrists, um, in this first century, but uh, in every century ever, ever since then, that have been teaching, proclaiming a false gospel or a false Christ. And John the Apostle was concerned about this as well. In Second John, verses 7 through 11, go ahead and turn there for a moment if you, if you can. Uh, where Second John, it's... It's towards the back of the New Testament. It's after Hebrews, James, First and Second Peter, and then you come to First John, and then there's Second John. And the Apostle John wrote these three letters as well. After he wrote, most likely after he wrote the Gospel of John, but this is what um, the Apostle John said in verses seven through eleven. I say this because many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh, have gone out into the world. Any such person 
is the deceiver and the Antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ, they don't have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take them into your house or welcome them. Anyone who welcomes them shares in their wicked work. And church, I want to just remind us this morning that there are a lot of false religions in the world today. And the reason why they're false is because they reject the true Christ. What constitutes a false religion? is what they believe about the person of Jesus Christ. From Islam to Mormonism, if you want to uh, go from something that is non-Christian to something that calls itself Christian, no, they all reject Christ. And so we need to be conscientious of that, and we need to know Him, what the Bible truly says about Him. And the Apostle John was an eyewitness of Jesus' divine nature. He had walked with Jesus for three years. And so John knows this Christ, and he wants to clearly point out to us who he truly is. And again, the church has been fighting off heresies for Two millenniums now about who Jesus is and isn't. And so, guys, we can't afford to get it wrong. And there's a lot of antichrists out there right now. And and they are very popular. I, I know that I've shared this through... Uh, during the pandemic, as we've been looking at uh, false teachers and in Second Peter in particular... But uh, there are some very popular um, uh, prosperity gospel preachers. And if you dive into what they truly believe about Jesus Christ, they don't believe that that Jesus uh, is God who manifested himself in 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 the flesh in his birth, through the virgin birth, Many of these false, false preachers, um, prosperity gospel preachers, believe that, no, Jesus became God. He was anointed God. And that as followers of Christ, we have the ability, that, that very same thing can happen in our life too. We can become little gods. That's That's blasphemous. And there are so many people who are, are, are followers of these false teachers and uh, are caught up in this wrong theology. And Paul says, let them be cursed. Uh, he says, anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teachings has both the Father, 
who continues in the teachings have both the Father and the Son. But many of these followers of these, these prosperity gospel preachers think they have Jesus, but they've got it all wrong. And so that's why we're going to go through the book of John, because John wants to make sure that we truly believe who Jesus really is. And so, again, I mentioned uh, John is one of four Gospels. Now, let me, hear, let me say this. Actually, there is only one Gospel, okay? And that is the Gospel of Jesus Christ. But it is told four different ways from four different vantage points, but it's all pointing to the same person of Jesus Christ. There's only one Gospel that God manifested himself in the flesh, through the person of Jesus Christ, lived that perfect life, died a substitutionary death for you and I so that we wouldn't have to pay the payment of our sin. And then three days later, came back from the grave and lived among us for 40 more days and ascended to the Father. And one day, he's coming again for all of his children. This is the good news of the gospel. We can't get to heaven by our own good works. It's only believing in what Jesus did for us fully and completely. It is a, it is a relationship of faith in who Jesus says he is. And so as we read through the Gospels, they all have a little bit different uh, vantage point um, emphasis in their writing. When we look at Matthew, Matthew said that he is the Messiah, that he is the king, and that we are to worship him. Mark says that he is the servant who served humanity, and we are to follow him. Luke says that he is the only man among men without sin, and we are to emulate him. And then the Apostle John says that he is God in human flesh. Believe in him. So why were these uh, Gospels written in the first place? You know, up until the mid-50s, all the stories about Christ were uh, shared through oral tradition. There was no written gospel yet. But in the 50s and early 60s, um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke uh, were were, um, led by the Holy Spirit to record uh, these oral traditions. But uh, those who record the scripture and the apostles and uh, apostles, particularly their word is authoritative because they were direct eyewitnesses of all that Jesus did as he walked among us. And so Matthew, one of the apostles, uh, wrote Matthew. Mark, he wasn't one of the apostles, but he, he interviewed all of the apostles, the, the followers of Christ, and recorded their words in the book of Mark. And Luke as well. He was uh, one of the followers of, uh, he was Paul's disciple. But again, uh, Luke 
um, interviewed those who were followers of Christ as well. But uh, it was important that uh, the apostles were getting older. They weren't going to be around much longer. And there needed to be a written record of all that Jesus had done among them. And so the second reason why the apostles um, gave us the, the Gospels is because it was really important that fact be separated from fiction. And the only ones who knew facts of what Jesus actually did and why he came were the apostles. And so those words needed to get down in written form. Now, John's gospel is a little different from the first three. We call the first three gospels the synoptic gospels because um, they're very similar to each other. They, they have a little bit different perspective, but uh, they, are, they really tell many of the same stories and often in similar sequence and uh, sometimes with identical wording. Okay, so they are very similar as you read those first three Gospels. But with John, it's a little different. It's not considered a synoptic Gospel. In John, he tells, he tells us who Jesus is. In the synoptic Gospels, the uh, writers tell us what Jesus said and did. Okay, so we're going to learn as we go through the Gospel of John who Jesus is. Now again, I mentioned that uh, first three Gospels were written in the mid-50s and 60s. The writing of John's Gospel didn't come along until between 80 and 100 A.D. Okay, and so most likely... Uh, John, when he was in uh, Ephesus, in that area, uh, wrote uh, this book. And, um, and as you read John's Gospel, again, it is much more reflective in nature. Because it's written many years later. John is in the peak of his wisdom. Okay, he is an elder saint right now. He is mature in the faith, and he has had a lot of time to reflect on what Jesus did. And in reflecting what, what Jesus meant by what he did and what the Old Testament says about the person of Jesus Christ. And so... So these are his words years later of what he thought about Jesus and the things that he had did. And a couple examples, okay? One would be in John chapter 2, verse 22. As you read John chapter 2, verse 22, uh, Jesus talked about the fact that his body was the temple and that, uh, uh, you know, uh, destroy this temple, and three days later I will raise it, up, raise it up again. Everybody who heard that thought that they were talk, he was talking about the physical temple. 
But Jesus, John goes back and he reminds us, no, Jesus wasn't referring to a physical temple. He was talking about his, his literal body. And it wasn't until after the resurrection that the disciples understood these things. But John records that in his gospel. In John chapter 12, verse 16, uh, the Bible talks about uh, how the Messiah the, is going to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. And that is fulfilling Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. John understands that. And he records that fact that this is a fulfillment of prophecy of what Jesus did when he came into um, Jerusalem at that last week of his earthly life. And then John chapter 20, verse 9, uh, you see where Peter and John ran to the, the tomb of Jesus and uh, saw that it was empty. And uh, the Bible says that they still had not grasped that Jesus had to do this. Again, it was only after the fact, and John goes back to Psalm chapter 16, verse 10, and sees, understands that Jesus had to come back from the dead, that this was prophesied in the Old Testament. And so those are some examples of the Apostle John, not just talking about the things that Jesus did, but reflecting on why Jesus had to do those things. So that's what makes John's gospel different from the synoptic gospels. Now, according to Holman's Illustrated Commentary, 90% of John's gospel is unique, different from the three synoptic gospels. And the focus, the primary focus of John's gospel is the cosmic dimension of Jesus Christ. He wants to show us the big picture of who Jesus is. And so as you compare John's gospel to the three gospels, um, you know, in Mark's gospel, Jesus is... Uh, the description of Jesus' life and ministry begins as baptism. Um, in Matthew and Luke's gospel, it uh, begins with Jesus' birth. But in John's gospel, it begins with eternity past. Jesus was there in the very beginning. It, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know, we're talking about a cosmic um, uh, description of who Jesus is. And we're going to get into that next week. So in John's gospel, he provides no genealogy. Um, and this is the illustrating the fact that deity has no beginning. And uh, John reminds us of that, that fact in John chapter 8. Um, in John chapter 8, you know, we have the, the, the Pharisees questioning Jesus' 
identity and, and authority. And he says, you know, you know, Abraham was big in the, the Pharisees' um, religion. And he tells, he tells the Pharisees, before Abraham was, I am. I have been there from eternity past. And so it's, it's John who points out these things. So the primary theme of Jesus or John's gospel is that Jesus is God on earth. And it's, it's glaringly obvious. And so here we have that Jesus had no beginning in John chapter 1. And then at the culmination of this book that we're going to read uh, in chapter 20 in just a moment, uh, Thomas's confession, when he realizes that Jesus is alive, he has come back from the grave, he has touched the nail-scarred hands, he has touched the, uh, the hole in Jesus' side. And what does John proclaim? My Lord and my God. This is the message of John's gospel that he wants us to see. So, a very general outline of John's gospel is this. Chapters 1 through 12, we see the public ministry of uh, Jesus' ministry over three years. Chapters 13 through 20 doesn't take three years. It takes four days. Chapters 13 through 20 take four days for John to write about. And then chapter 21, chapter 21 is an epilogue uh, that takes place after the resurrection of Jesus for 40 days. So, with that being said, let's go to John chapter 20, verses 24 through 31. And I know some of you are ner- nervous because that was a really long introduction, but guess what? I'm almost done today. <laughs> okay. John chapter 20, verses 24 through 31. This is after the resurrection. The disciples are trying to convince Thomas that Jesus is alive. And verse 24 says this, Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger in the mark of, in the, mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, eight days later, okay? Jesus knew these things, but Jesus waited eight more days. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put your hand and place it in my side. 
Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to, to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The word believe is a very important word in John's Gospel. He says it 98 different times in 21 chapters. And it's, it's really important that we have an accurate, accurate description, a knowledge of what we believe in the person of Jesus. And as we read the life of Christ, as we understand the things that John and the other Gospels are conveying to us, it's, it's imperative that we believe that this is the truth. You know, we live in a world today where we don't know what's truth from error. And we're seeing that a lot during this pandemic, aren't we? We don't know who to believe. But church, I want to encourage you, those in Facebook land this morning, I want to encourage you to believe in Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father but through me. Jesus is God. Jesus is the only way to eternal life. Just like I told these high school students a moment ago, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He will make your paths straight. It won't be easy. It'll be a tough road. But it'll be a straight road. If you try to do things in your own eyes, if you don't believe the truth, there's a lot of detours coming your way. We can believe Jesus because Jesus is alive. He said, destroy this body, destroy this temple, but in three days I will put it back together again. And he did it. Had he not done it, done it our faith would be in vain. But we can leave here with confidence this morning. And that's the kind of belief we need to have that John is talking about. A confidence in Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. And we don't have to be ashamed of it. And we need to build our life upon it. Jesus is God. Do you believe? He's, I'm excited about going through this book because 
He wants us to believe that this is the truth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for John's gospel. We thank you for all four gospels that talk about Jesus and Jesus alone as being God. Lord, we live in uncertain days. We don't know what the next few months are going to look like, let alone uh, this next year. God, there's a lot of uncertainty. But we don't have to be afraid. And there's a lot of fear going around right now because, God, we've taken our eyes off of you. God, you're in control. When it looks like all hell is breaking loose, no. God, you're just putting it all back together. you got a purpose and a plan in all of it. God, I pray for those whose faith right now is, is shaken, who are living by sight rather than faith. God, I pray that the gospel of John would encourage their faith, that, God, their faith would be strengthened, that that's the only way faith can be strengthened is by being in your word, listening to all these other news reports and disinformation just weakens our faith. I thank you that you have given us your living word that can feed our faith, nourish our soul, and help us to be strong in the midst of the storm. That our house, our spiritual house, will not fall. So thank you, Father, for this reminder this morning, this opportunity to be with a a portion of God's people this morning. Oh, God, we long for the day when we can all be together again. You know that time, but I pray that you would encourage each one. As, Lord, they've listened, they've heard your word this morning. In Jesus' name we